current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. You might think we drone on about Ezekiel 38 and 39, but Russia and Iran are taking it literally. We'll explain. France's president is the latest to suggest the whole world needs to get in one line. Our government votes to reject more of the Bible. And speaking of Bibles, there's a new one being released by the wife of King James. There's so much to explain, so let's explore the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Our shows are not delivered by drones, but by subscription through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google. Or if you don't want to make any long-term commitments to this relationship, you can always take us one show at a time at thewaymedia.net. Or download the Way Media app, where you can read the articles from this show or past shows, or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. Yes. And now, here to give us the jab from God's Word Drum roll. is Pastor Mark, whose wife once asked him if he could clear the kitchen table. He had to get a running start, but he made it. <laughs> no, that's good. That got a natural, good natural laugh response. Good job on that one. <laughs> well, you know, we've been off for, uh, it feels well, like a month, haven't, you know, so I had time. But see, I did that once, Greg. I actually did that once, did but, but I didn't knock things off the table. <laughs> uh, uh, first grade, Mrs. Yoakum, uh, and um, it was in Maryville at, uh, uh, I think it was Blunt Elementary. It's no longer the elementary school, so I forget what it was called. That's crazy. It's just how long ago that was. She had left the room to go get something. We had a lightning storm, and I was always, you know, trying to get attention and showing off and being dumb. Sure. And, um, you know, so I'm standing in the classroom. They had a big, long table. A lightning bolt struck, and I dove across the tables. Like, like it caused me to slide across the tables right as she walked in. So I'm sliding down the tables, and there's Miss Yoakum. So when you brought back that sliding across the table, it brought back memories, memories that I haven't thought about in a very long time. Okay. Well, and I, whether or not she spanked me, I don't know. She was known to spank, and they yeah. used to spank back then, but I'm sure I deserved it. Yes, back then, for sure. That's yes, right. That's absolutely. Right. That's you right. Know, speaking of which, I just have to share this thinking about things from the past. Uh, this, this, this shows you how far we've fallen as a society, okay? Um, in 1998, the big thing that we heard was don't get into cars with strangers. Right. Right? Don't get right. into a stranger's car. In 2008, the, the big, the big admonition was don't meet people from the internet alone. Then in 2022, we've got Uber. Order yourself a stranger from the internet to get in a car with alone. I mean, that's uh, really, really, it is, it is. And that's and how far we've come. Crazy enough, as many Uber drivers get attacked, though, is, I mean, there've been some incidences where the Uber driver did something, but usually it's people attacking the Uber driver. Yes. Uh, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. And, and I would just, expect? and I would just say again in the South, yes. as you know, Greg, we talked about this, don't get in a car either with a goober driver. 
Yeah, or a Goober driver. Because yeah, yes. in the South we have Goober. Yes, it's not Uber. It's called Goober. So don't get in with Goober. Yes, you're going to be in trouble. He's only going to take you to Floyd's filling station. Well, yeah, just you know, I don't know. You just don't want to get in with Goober. Just whatever that means. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're actually a prophecy show. So we let's, are. Let's, yeah, you tune in. So we'll dude, get a comedy show. Or I know. <laughs> We'll get going. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, we talk about things before the show about the prophecy things we're going to talk about. That's right. So then it's like, okay, well, it feels like we're done now. So Yeah, yeah. they should have joined the pre-show, which yes. is really the show. Now we can goof off. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jerusalem Post <laughs> is telling us that Iran and Russia are signing a deal to begin Iranian drone production on Russian soil. Yeah, it just accentuates this continued working relationship here with Russia and yeah. and, uh, and Iran. No, Russia has quietly reached an agreement, it says, with Iran to begin manufacturing hundreds of weaponized drones. So we're talking about warfare stuff here, uh, uh, weapons, on Russian soil. According to a new intelligence seen by the U.S. and other Western uh, security agencies, the Washington Post has reported. So, again, to me, this is one just needs to be pointed out because, as we know, there's going to be that linking up of these guys where they come in and attack Israel, Ezekiel 38 and 39. And so you see them working together now, not just agreeing in military, but now actually making military weapons on each other's soil. I mean, the, this is getting more chummy. Yeah. So just be aware of it. Be watching it. And, again, we expect to see it kind of rise in temperature, and it's happening. Yeah. That's all part of Ezekiel 38 and 39 as we keep you know, marching on for that, for sure. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some one-world government news. Emmanuel Macron. Yes. That's uh, France's president, if you don't know who he is. He would like to be known. He would probably like to be the one-world leader, quite I honestly. I think he probably would. I really think he would. Yeah. Anyway, he was at the latest APEC summit, and he is quoted uh, saying, we need a single world order. Yeah. And this is from the Gateway Pundit. So please elaborate. Yeah, again, this, the, remember, the Bible says, as we talk about in the last days, the whole thing of Daniel 2, we're going to be, talks about the whole world government coming together in the last days, the revived Roman Empire and this one world government. So we see the spirit of Antichrist at work. But it seems like Macron recently, not even just recently, Greg, he seems to be, uh, you know, some guys seem more in tune with the enemy than others. And I don't think they even know it, but he is. It says the Apex Summit opened from Friday in Thailand, uh, the last of three world summits hosted in the region this month, Chinese Leader Xi Jinping called for stability, peace, and development of a more just world order, or we would say greater tyranny, where he's more in power. Um, and French President Emmanuel Macron spoke at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in Bangkok, uh, despite the fact that France is not a member. Uh, Macron called for a new global order where neither the U.S. or China win either way. He, he listed a comment, I quote, he said, are you on the side of the U.S. or China? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see that there are two orders in the world. But this is a huge mistake because people are choosing sides. He said, even for both the U.S. and China, what we need is a single global order. Well, uh, Macron, you're going to get it. You're going to get a single global order because the Bible says that eventually it will go to a single order ruled over by this leader out of Europe and the revived Roman Empire we call the Antichrist. And so you can see the spirit of Antichrist at work. That's where we're headed. Right now, it is these polar. We've talked about it. It's still East versus West. It's not going to be East versus West. It's going to be the Antichrist in control. However, to remind our listeners, in that vision we talked about there in Daniel chapter 2, you have the ten toes showing that last kingdom, partly of iron, partly of clay. And the point is, they're divided. They're, they're, they, they are part of the feet because they have to be. In other words, you're going to see them molded to the iron because the Antichrist is going to force it. 
He's going to have the authority and power to make them be a part. They're going to have to go along or it's going to be bad in some way for their nation, etc. But they're not all going to like it. There's partly iron, partly clay. The point is, even though it's going to be a one-world global order, you're still going to have those who are completely behind the Antichrist. And, Greg, you're going to have those that are going, okay, we have to do this, but we're not completely behind this guy 100%. So he's not going to have, even during his temporary reign that Satan wants to rule over everything, he's not going to have the hearts of the world altogether for him. He's going to have the obedience from tyranny and the force, but you're going to see that some are not going to go along. So it's interesting to see him recognizing the, the, the battle going on, I guess that's not as hard from a, a world leader political view to see that. But even to hear him say we need this one single global order, I guarantee you he doesn't know what the Bible says. And, and he's just being used by the enemy. But either way, it will be a single order and, and probably not too far from now. Now, I believe a lot of these world leaders are definitely jockeying for position of power. And what's interesting, Pastor Morgan, this question I want to ask you because the Bible intimates to us that we as believers could very well be here during the formation of the revived Roman Empire right. or the renewed one world government, right. which means that we would see the formation of those ten toes of Daniel, right. whether they work out to be ten nations or ten regions. Right, right. Uh, I tend to think regions. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? But there's going to be leaders over those regions right because you know it, it says that the antichrist will rise out you know a relative unknown and pluck three of them out right so you've got to wonder hey emmanuel you know you're wanting this one world government and everything and uh do you realize that you're going to be one of the horns that gets plucked yeah it's, it's, it's i mean if he if he is i mean you just you just wonder because you see these guys yeah. you know that they have a thirst for power yeah. and want to lead the way we know that they're not the antichrist but right. they're a forerunner it, you just got to wonder is, is is a guy like macron going to be one of those guys maybe it depends on which which of the of these leaders that he pulls down you know he's going to pull them down like you said and then he's going to basically it says they will then submit to him and give him their power they will willingly turn their authority over to him to come under that government maybe because they don't want to get plucked out because they'll see his power and it's going to be a supernatural power remember this is right. not just political yeah it is supernatural so he's going to, i think it's going to be recognizable as supernatural yeah. and they're going to they're going to um to yield to that. And so, uh, you know, again, I had somebody asking me, do you think that Macron, you know, he seems to be really in tune. You know, could he be the Antichrist? No, I don't, no. again, I, I don't think so. He has he is called Emmanuel, but it's the wrong one. Yes. He has kind of fake name there. Yes. But, but I don't think there's anything there. I think it's um, it, it's it, you know, we don't. You know, his, we're not his, know I don't think his is. genealogy works. And plus, he's not a relative unknown. Yeah. It, the world right. doesn't know the antichrist right yet. he's going to be he's not going to be really seen i think at that time no. even as a political world leader he's just going to kind of come on the scene and and rise to the top and then he's going to take over he's going to have the authority given him by satan and all it's going to be a you know i tell you i, I greg look this is all evil but i tell you i i honestly in a weird way don't get yeah. me wrong when i say this i can't wait to see all this yeah. unfold not because i want to see evil i want to see god's righteousness yeah. rule and reign but to watch how this yeah. is going to happen to me is fascinating from just an yeah. observational and, and, and intellectual yeah. viewpoint. You know, it's interesting. You know, Moses disqualified himself. So Joshua, uh, God raised up uh, and appointed him right. to, to do the bidding of the Lord, which was to lead the Jews into the promised land in right. Canaan. You know, you, I almost envision like um, uh, Klaus Schwab is like the Moses for this new world order. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to disqualify himself or whatever. And there's a Joshua there. Yeah. There's a Joshua in the midst of that circle. Yeah. In that world economic forum, whatever little power struggle. It's not even 
Harari. Right. You know, but it's it's somebody that we do, we don't know, but he's there and he's just serving. He's just, you know, involved, yeah. whatever. And then he's going to rise up. Yeah. And that, just, that's what that's kind of that's just my vision. And, you of, know, I, I kind of I think cinematically that's how my yeah, brain works. Yeah. And I try to imagine what's it going to be like, Greg, when this guy finds himself in a room and suddenly Satan there is just appears and in some real tangible way that goes bow to me and I'll give you the world. And he's going to know this is supernatural. It's the same temptation that Satan gave Jesus in the wilderness. And Jesus said, no, no, I won't take that authority now from you. You could give it to me right now because I haven't died yet for the world. I hadn't purchased it back. And it's temporarily under your authority because man fell. I recognize that. And you're offering it to me to try to get me to do things your way. No, I'm going to wait on the father. I'm going to reject that offer. But and then, of course, he, yeah. he rejects the. But this guy, he's going to bring the same temptation. If you'll bow to me and let me be your God and do what I say, I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. You're going to rule over the earth. But under me, you'll be my Messiah, so to speak, and I'll be your father. At that moment, he's going to recognize that and say, yes. What would that be like in a cinematic movie type? A guy there suddenly enters the room and this, the shock that he would have and the realization that this power is being offered and all of a sudden the expression and then just the thought and you see him kind of racing in his mind and realizing and this lust for power comes over him and he's like, and it happens. It's like this dark power that I mean, yeah. the whole thing, I just picture it in my mind. And, 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 and then Satan inhabits him and, and, his, and his body just kind of like supernaturally goes, Ugh, and then yeah. they, they, they show the skin and then the, the skin, no, his You're skin. You're getting into Marvel I know, stuff now. But, but it, yeah, his skin, his skin temporarily turns to like snake skin, yeah. you know, like from yeah. the serpent in the garden. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. and then it goes back down to human skin. Yeah. You know, just kind of like I'm, yeah. I'm in yeah. and I'm there. Yeah. I anyway. just, you know, there's all kinds of things yeah. you could do and, you know, cinematically with something like that. But I, I think about that because it's going to be so real. Imagine, imagine, you know, the hair standing up on the back of his neck when this supernatural power enters the room and then it offers made and all of a sudden he makes a decision and then, and he steps out and he knows he's got this new power. Right. And now all these people are bowing to him yeah. and he rises to the top and he yanks down three, three world leaders and he's just like, he takes over the world and there's that, uh, that, that, that human, that, that lust for power yeah. that's going to overwhelm this guy. That's just, it's just amazing. It's going to be amazing to watch this. You know, when you think about true demonic activity, which is kind of what we're talking about, and I know you haven't ex- gotten to Disney yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Disney. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but to your point, you know, when you've experienced it, though, and we're talking about this cinematic thing, it, you know, Hollywood wants to make evil look something. Yeah. But evil is more sensed than it's seen. Yeah. In terms of, you know, you've experienced, like, you've been in the presence of something evil. Yeah. But it's not like it's your eyes. You've sensed it in your spirit. It's it's come to you it, holistically. It's not like I, I see, you know, a guy with horns and a pitchfork right. type of thing. Right. Or what they depict in, in, you know, these horror movies. Right. You know, that is truly disgusting on its own. But pure evil is something that's sinister that's not so much a physical thing but it's a spiritual thing yeah yeah and absolutely for the most part but let me add to yeah. that because for yes. the most part however there are those throughout history that have claimed that satan appeared to them in bodily form one of them being martin luther he says that satan appeared to him visually in bodily form and what did he look like though see that's the thing i'm, I'm he thinking, never said what he looked like but we yeah. know he doesn't have like pitchfork and horns that's right. man's created that because of the gods exactly but he said that he um he, he he appeared before him and he threw an ink he had an ink thing that he was working on bob he threw it at him toward the wall and of course he disappeared and went through him and hit the wall 
and it made a big stain on Martin Luther's uh, library, which for over the years people have gone to visit his library, and they've now they've now um, picked away so much of the of, of you can't that you can't see the ink anymore. They tore all the wall off oh, around it. Okay, but it's uh, it, and maybe you can see some of the stain underneath. I don't know, but he claims he says he visibly saw him. He appeared to him. So I think it may actually be a visible visible manifestation that God allows to this man. I don't know, but you're, you're right because for the most part we've experienced even as believers the demonic presence of a you know enter the room and you. You feel it, and you, you know feel it. it, you know it, but it's not the visual thing. But who knows? Yeah. I just, I just think of this. You know, um, you know, it's going to be. It's it, it just this. It, it's I can't even put it in words. It's just to watch what that's going to be like, yeah. and then to see the King of King and the Lord of Lords coming and just go, just all of it. I just, I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting, and and I'm not excited about evil, but I'm excited to watch the process take place. So we because we're gonna we're gonna get to see it, I believe, especially even from heaven. I think we'll be able to see a lot of these interactions that happen. Yeah. So it's it's very intriguing to me. Very intriguing. All right, our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from the Epic Times. New Visa card features personal carbon emissions tracker. Yeah, no, Greg, this is interesting. We're gonna take a minute on this. Let me read some of this because okay. this goes much deeper than this. But the monitoring of a personal behavior by banks will take another step forward uh, as the Canadian credit. You know, of course, it's Canada. Of course, it is. The Can- they're leading the way. They in Australia are, they are, are really almost really. Some, of the, some of the heaviest influence of Satan right now in the world. Yes. The Canadian credit union uh, Vancity launched a new credit card technology that to report users' carbon emissions. On October 19th, Vancity announced that it will be the first financial institution in Canada to offer its individual and business members a way to estimate the CO2 emissions that come from their purchase. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's I lunacy. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's Vancity. It's lunacy. Yeah. It's Vancity. Uh, Vancity <laughs> said its carbon counter, which is attached to the Visa credit card, was developed by Ecolytic, Ecolytic, I'm not sure how to say that word, one of Europe's leading climate engagement technology companies. This will be the first carbon counter program for Visa holders. MasterCard already provides CO2 emissions tracking card developed with technology from Swedish company uh, Deconomy. The Visa credit card technology developed by this company also provides education and behavioral nudging, it says. So, you know, it force you to do what they want you to do. So the card users are not only informed about the CO2 emissions of their buying activity, but also told how to reduce them. Now, this is starting out nice. We're just showing you how much carbon you're using. But, Greg, this is going to turn into a tool and a weapon. It's a social credit it's score. Gonna, it's social. It, this is Chinese yes. social credit score beginning now worldwide. Um, it's my understanding that some of this is now even showing up on, on different receipts here in America where they'll show you what carbon you used in your purchase. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what's happening is they're giving everything a carbon score, et cetera, and eventually when they make everybody get the digital ID, which they will, which we know will culminate in the mark of the beast at some point, everything, they'll track everything you do, everything you buy, every time you drive your car, whatever you do, it goes to this carbon score. And if you use up what you're allowed to use up, okay, it's almost like a video game and you've got that many points. Once you use them up, you're done until you, until you get it right and there's a reset. More time goes by. For example, they're already saying this. If you use up, if you get too much steak, you use up your carbon emission for steak, you can't buy any more meat the rest of the month. And, and what they can do is once you have the digital ID and money's done away with and it's all digital, which they're working toward. Which this uh, article references. Yes, yeah. They're, they're working toward doing that exactly. And the president's supposed to sign something to that effect in January. It won't kick in by January, but signing that we can go along with it as a nation. He's supposed to sign it in January. What will happen is once we get the switch over to digital money and get the digital ID, then they can literally go in and turn off your ability to buy meat. They can still get Coke and chips and all that, but the meat's turned off. Then if you reach your, your potato chip level, that's turned off. Or if you reach your gasoline level, 
If you go to your gasoline level, and you go, then you can't buy gas, which means you've got to plan your, your carbon emission before your vacation. Because if you don't have enough gas to get home, you're, you know, you're stuck. It is, it is insane. It is going to be total. I was wondering, how would Satan totally control everyone on the planet? Greg, we're watching it take place. What we're talking about here in the central bank digital currency that the Biden administration is trying to get behind. Yes. These are all prequels to the mark of the beast. You're exactly right. Because it's, it's, it's all about instant. It's not about saving the planet. If you think that you've bought the lie. Okay, right. that's the lie. Yeah. The, the, the Trojan horse is the environment. Yeah. That's but right. What's going to come out when the Trojan horse enters inside the gates of your city right. is controlling you. Everything. It, it's everything. Everything. I mean, literally, Greg, what you can buy, can't buy, drink, can't drink. Oh, I mean, oh you don't. Oh, you don't like Disney movies. Yeah. Oh, well, let's just turn. Let's just turn off all of your entertainment sources. Anything they don't like about you, they can shut you exactly. down. Exactly. I mean, and, and again, and even Yuval Harari with the World Economic Forum, he even made the point that if they get the chip inside of people, he's talking about already. Right. He's talking yes, about it exactly that you can control heartbeats and all that. He intimated without saying. It, I know we can shut your heart off. Yeah, and you just drop dead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're 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 saying they're saying the, I, the, the, the and, quiet and, stuff out yeah. loud. Yeah. They even now, Greg, get this. I don't know how the technology, I know they couldn't possibly do underbrush, but they're actually now mapping the trees of the earth and giving digital IDs to the trees of what the satellites can pick up. And it might be a part of this Elon Musk system or whatever. So that if you're on your property and you cut a tree down, they'll know it and you get a carbon, <laughs> you get a carbon demerit for taking down that oak tree. And, and I'm serious. I mean, yeah, you, it gets, I believe you, it. it is so over the top. Um, and this is why the oppression is going to be so great by Satan on the world. I'm so glad we're going to be out of here before it gets to the to, yes. to, too bad of a point. But now think about all that heavy oppression and just the freedom and joy and glory when the Lord comes back. It's You talk about a time of celebration. It's going to get darker and darker and darker. The Bible says that. But it's going to lead to this a beautiful, glorious light that's going to explode forever from that point on. And what a day of rejoicing that's going to be, to quote the hymn, you know. Uh, but it's it's interesting when you read this stuff. Um, this is the beginning of it. You're to see it. Visa card. This is going to be one of those. Hey, look, this honey, look, we use this much carbon. We, we can't eat out tomorrow night or next week or whatever. <laughs> they, at some point they're going to say, no, you really can't because yeah. we just shut you off. Oh, yeah. and by the way, you can't get any money out of your account. Yeah. You can't buy that car. You can't get buy any gas. You can't get anything, any groceries in that area. And they literally, it's going to be total control. People, Mark, you know, that'll never happen. It's going to happen. And we're on the process. Yeah. And, and the Bible talks about the Antichrist having total control of everyone on the planet. And it says, you get this. In Revelation 13, you can't buy or sell without the mark. Yes. And why? The mark is going to control your digital information, which controls all this other stuff where they'll shut you down. So we should fight tooth and nail against digitizing as much as we can. Fight it with all you've got. Speak against it. Fight against it until it's forced upon us. Don't give up. Because once we're locked in that, Greg, we are literally in a digital prison. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring that up and ask about that. Because I thought we had originally read December 13th was when the Biden administration was supposed to I think we did. do something. They're talking and maybe now, about, now it's moved to January. Yeah, I think they're talking about him. It's been yeah. approved now by the WHO. What it is, it's this thing where the WHO will have this ability, if there's pandemic emergencies, to to override even the sovereignty of the nations of the world. And and, and get well, this, even America's sovereignty, they're saying, would be overridden by yeah. this, which a lot of people don't realize. Right. And and I haven't verified that. I haven't done my own research to know. But if that's true, 
He's going to sign it in December and or January. Yeah. And, Greg, if something happens, then supposedly they can force whatever they want unless you just say no. They were pushing that in 2021 uh, pandemic or what I would call plandemic right. treaties right? Uh, for that very reason. So yeah. this is th- th- that's nothing new. Yeah. But. Uh, but that was just talk at that point. Yeah. We'll see what happens going forward. But, yeah. but, but I'm with you. Once they do that, it's, it's not just about, it's not just about turning things off. They can wipe things out. Oh, yeah. They can, I mean, you, if you're taking on your bank account and you're destitute. That's right. If we want to, if you want to break, you're broke today, you'd be a multimillionaire. Sorry, you have no money. Oh, we just took your home. We transferred your property over to us. Don't think that can't happen. Under tyranny, it has happened historically, and with Satan ruling everything, right. it will happen. And that's ultimately the goal, and that's the stated goal of some of these people. And her, I think Harari's even talked about it. Yeah, where you know the government owns everything. Yeah, and you're just a renter. That's basically what it is. And people say, "No, I own my own property." Okay, don't pay your taxes. Yeah, I was going to say that. Don't pay Try your taxes that today, and you'll find don't, out who don't really pay, don't pay your property. You'll tax find yet. out who really owns your property when you refuse to pay taxes, because they will come and take it from you. They own it. You're just a renter. You just had to pay all the bills. The most powerful government agency is the Internal Revenue Service. Yes, yes, that's right. Don't don't pay your taxes and find out. You know, again, and I encourage you right now, invest in the eternal revenue service, yes. and that is your investments in Jesus Christ that no one can ever take from you, forever. I love that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that's the, the eternal revenue there service. There you go. It's Jesus Christ. So we shift it over. You Very know? good. Very good. We're going we're gonna to put you in the spiritual marketing department, there you Pastor Mark. Uh, you're listening to Signs of the Times. This is our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. This is episode 240 that you might be enjoying later via podcast or video. Uh, either way, we appreciate you joining us for our program. And now it's time. And, and I think I did not press the button. Yeah, let's yeah, do, that let's again. do it again. There you go. Let's do that You've again. Because we've got mail. mail. And we always it. have to announce that. I love it. Uh, speaking of which. I love this thing. Uh, yes. Uh, we love our listener mail. Um, however, um, we do have a section out there um, on our website that are frequently asked questions. So we do encourage you to go there and check those things out uh, before you send us a question because we might have already answered it for you. All right. Our first question comes from Clark who lives in Norfolk, Virginia, and he asks about the restrainer. He says, my wife and I were watching a teaching from another pastor regarding the restrainer. You've mentioned before in your sermons that the restrainer was God. I do believe that this is him through the Holy Spirit. He discussed that it was the Holy Spirit through the church slash believers that gets taken out of the way in 2 Thessalonians 2 Verse 7, yeah. is this further support of the pre-tribulation rapture and the next step in God's timeline? I think it is further support, and I think it is the next step there. I think there's a little bit more here to it, though, than simply what was what was mentioned as far as, uh, I think there's a kind of a double thing going on here as far as the restrainer. Let me read the verses first and, and kind of share a little, more on the, uh, a little more on this, Clark. Uh, obviously, Clark knows the scriptures, but for our listeners, it says this, and now you know, speaking of the Antichrist and him coming and all that. That's the context. It says, verse 6 of Thessalonians 2, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. That is what's holding the Antichrist back from revealing himself. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. We see that everywhere, in other words. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, people say, how do you know that's the Holy Spirit? Well, because nobody can restrain Satan but God. 
So we know since the restrainer is restraining Satan and the Antichrist being revealed, it has to be God he's talking about. So um, some people live in question. Well, it could be. No, no, this is obviously God he's talking about. So God is the restrainer. The Holy Spirit is the restrainer. He's the only one that could restrain the move forward of the Antichrist. He says, so again, um, the mystery of lost is already at work. Only he who now restrains the Holy Spirit will do so until the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way. And then... The lawless one will be revealed who the Lord will consume, consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, it is true that the Holy Spirit inhabits the believer and that the Holy Spirit is the restrainer. But this is a common mistake that I think pastors make and that I made early on in the ministry until it was until really, you know, kind of understood it better. It's it, it, it. I used to think, well, when the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit's gone because he lives inside of us and therefore the restrainer's gone. So now everything can move forward. But the reality is the Bible says God's Holy Spirit is everywhere for eternity. So just because he inhabits us, he's also outside of us all around us. His glory is everywhere. So when we leave, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. When the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit will not leave the earth. And how do we know that? Well, for one thing, he's going to move and save 144,000 Jews right off the bat from the 12 tribes of Israel. And he's going to be saved. We're going to see multitudes of people saved after we're gone. You don't get saved without the work of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be supernaturally protecting the two witnesses there in Jerusalem. That's right. That's right. And, and, and working through them. Yes. So the bottom line is we're going to see, look, the Holy Spirit is very much going to be here active after the rapture. And I'm not saying that pastor was saying that that wasn't the case. I'm just giving you further explanation. I know that some uh, pastors teach that, and I used to until I understood better. Um, you know, certainly the Holy Spirit inhabits this, but he's everywhere, and he's going to continue to be here after the rapture, working in the church, working in Israel, working through the two witnesses. So the restrainer will still be here on the earth the entire time. He'll be here till Jesus comes back, and the restrainer will never leave. So this scripture doesn't say the restrainer is going to leave. What the scripture says is the restrainer is going to stop restraining. So the question is, when does that restraining stop? Now, it just so happens that it's going to be somewhere right around the rapture of the church. So it's still, that's why I said uh, this is a further support for pre-tribulation, and it probably is one of the next steps in the, the timeline, which I agree with in Clark's question there. Um, but it, but again, it's not limited to that because the church can be gone. He could, he could restrain for a little bit longer and then allow the Antichrist to come on the scene. Um, but I personally believe that you're going to see the rapture take place. And I do believe, although the Holy Spirit will still be here active, he will remove that restraint off of the Antichrist and Satan and allow him to move forward at the rapture. Why do I believe that? Because we know that the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be seven years. We see that in Revelation. We're up in heaven, and uh, we know that weddings lasted for seven days, and I believe God painted a picture there that's going to be seven years. Why do I say that? Because God promised seven more years to the nation of Israel to finish prophecy for them. He's going to finish that final seven years when the rapture takes place. So because the church is gone and that seven-year time clock starts, I believe the seven-year time clock is going to start very, very close, if not right at that point. And so God will let go of the, the restrainer. He'll let, he'll let go of holding back the Antichrist and Satan. Uh, this world leader will step on the scene and make this agreement with Israel and their surrounding neighbors. And that's when that final seven years will take place. So, um, you know, again, just the difference I would note here is that, is that the restrainer will always be here. He just won't be restraining everything all the time. He's going to remove that restraint off of Satan, but he'll still be very much restraining demonic activity off of believers. He'll be very much drawing believers to himself. He'll be very much empowering the two witnesses. He'll be very much pouring out a spirit on the nation of Israel and the the, the, the 144,000 and all that. So um, it's, it's understanding how the work of the spirit goes. He's not going anywhere. 
He's just letting go of his his power in a certain area to allow the enemy to do what he has to do. Yeah, and prophecy thus being fulfilled. Absolutely. All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Rick, where he would like you to explain why you think the mark of the beast is a computer chip. Great question. Um, Simply for this reason, um, the only technology that we have, Rick, to where you can keep up digitally with every human on the planet at this point in world history is a computer chip. Um, some people might say, and, and we know the Antichrist is going to keep up with everyone digitally, as we just yeah. talked about. Even the carbon emissions, everything we do is going to be monitored, yeah. right? And so some people say, well, maybe it's like, the, I've seen these kind of like tattoos they say they put yeah. on the skin. But even those are digital. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. they're computer chips Yeah, well, in, in, in the tattoo. Yeah, and in, in maybe more specifically, Rick, it could be like maybe an RFID tag type of chip that has information and can transmit and be talked to and talk to other you know the internet of things so yeah. to speak however this whole thing is going to work yes but you know so when we think computer chip i think about the chip on a motherboard computer chip it's not like i don't believe no. it's like that no, they've got them like a blade of a piece of rice but it's but really to your question it would be a piece of technology yes versus a just an ink tattoo yeah. that doesn't have any technical advances well to i don't think that the antichrist would allow just an ink tattoo either greg unless it was something you could permanently put on because people would cut their skin off or people would try to it's yes. got to be something in the body and sure they can cut the chip out i guess as well yeah. but there's got to be some kind of policing of the world digitally yeah. and right now the computer chip it's going to be like mayberry rfid right there's got to be some kind of policing <laughs> yes. if you will of this to, to yes. barney's got to watch so andy somehow. and barney will They've be watching watch you mayberry rfid <laughs> i like that yes that's fantastic seriously it's true yeah it really yeah. is true and not yeah. only that rick also too when you think about the advent of online commerce i mean what can't you buy online through your computer or through your smartphone and that's all digital and that's all electronic and so for you to have a mark that would not interact with that technology that's there and that's not going anywhere right uh i don't i don't see how it could be anything else but that yeah i can't think of anything else there could be something that we don't know yet but i mean where the technology is and the way it's going I kind of think that it's it's going to be something that links us to the digital computer system. And so right now, all I know that does that, Greg, is a computer chip yeah. uh, We from our phone right now. It's from your phone to yeah. your Bluetooth, your computer. And they're going to something's got to be inside of you. And they're already talking about it, putting right. it inside of you. Matter of fact, Elon Musk just announced you may have seen this week. They're going to put their first um, chip in the brain within Neuralink. six months. Neuralink within six months. They've got the, uh, you know, the first person who wants to do it. They're ready right. to go. They've been approved. So within six months, we should have that done. Yeah. And so you can see the technology, everything falling into place. And yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. That's why I believe that. Yeah. And also, too, Rick, uh, remember that Satan is mocking what God does and how God communicates with his kids is through the Holy Spirit, kind of the restrainer right. that we were that's talking right. about. Well, Satan doesn't have that power. We'll right. never have that power. Right. The only way that he can try to replicate as crudely as possible the power of God's Holy Spirit is to be able to control people digitally, electronically, with technology. That's right. That's the only way that he can possibly mimic the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's that's part of the the plan with the mark of the beast. That's right. He wants to be like God, so he's going to think he's all that in a bag of chips. Right. But the only chips he's going to have are computer chips, and God's going to have the seal of the Holy Spirit. Exactly.
All right, Pastor Mark, our last question comes from Mark in Maryville, and uh, this is a great example of one of the questions that we do have on our Frequently Asked Questions list. Matter of fact, we just added this because this is a question that we've answered before, and this has to do with the Apocrypha in the Book of Enoch. He says, I recently picked up a copy of the Complete Apocrypha. I was curious about the Book of Enoch specifically. I know these books are not in the Bible, but what are your thoughts on these quote-unquote extra books? Yeah, let's take a minute to talk about it. Because sure. this, this is a great question, Mark, and I think we, we all need to um, you know kind of answer this uh, and remove the question, Mark. <laughs> so, um, you know, first of all, what, what is the Apocrypha? The first statement I'll make, blanket statement, is they're not Scripture. They're not the Bible. And how do we know they're not Scripture, and how do we know they're not the Bible? Because they have errors and mistakes. All of them. All the apocryphal books, you can find errors and mistakes, whether it be historically or whatever the thing might be. Now, they have some actual true uh, historicity, and so there's some things you could probably read literature-wise and get an idea from a historical viewpoint of certain times and things that happened. But they're not the Bible. And the biggest problem I have with the Apocrypha is that people try to treat it like the Bible. And when they read these apocryphal books, they almost give them, when some people do, and the Catholic Church does really, gives it as much credence as the Bible. Uh, first of all, they were written between the 400-year silent period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There Basically was, the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew that's as you right. look at it book-wise. Between yeah. those two is, is when these books were written. And they're, they, the reason they've been rejected as Scripture because, as I said, they have provable errors and provable mistakes, etc. But people look at it and say, well, can't you glean something from it? Maybe, again, historical, if you can get, you, you'll verify things historically. The problem is the Apocrypha attempts to speak um, um, biblically in some ways to certain things and also claims to be certain people that it may not be. Uh, we can't prove that Enoch even wrote the book of Enoch. Okay, so so it's kind of hard to even verify some of these things. And and so and the biggest thing, Greg, for me, that shows these are books that we're to have nothing to do with. And again, my and, and I'll give a little more of this in a moment. But we're to have nothing to do with these in the sense of scripture or looking to them for direction. And some people are doing that today, especially the book of Enoch. Mark, be careful. Some people are looking at that and taking some of the fanciful stories, and actually, it contradicts the Bible. I mean, the book of Enoch contradicts the Bible in more than one place. I mean, it talks about this council of gods that are in heaven, and the Lord gives them authority, and they can make decisions, and like the, somehow they're in, almost equal to the Lord in some ways. It's really blasphemous is what I would call it. Um, but here's the main thing you've got to realize. Okay, well, Mark, that's your argument, and, you, and you, I see that, and blah, blah, blah. But w- Jesus himself discredited the Apocrypha. Well, how did he do that, Mark? Tell us. And I'm talking to myself this morning. <laughs> yes. Um Jesus said this in Luke 24. He said, everything written about me, you'll find in Moses, the law and the prophets. Okay. And that was Luke 24, 44. And that was the way they spoke of the Bible back then. They they spoke of it, Moses, the law and the prophets. That's uh, the way they referred to the Old Testament. And the writings or whatever, because that included the the, the first five books of the Bible, you know, the Pentateuch and then the prophets. And then, of course, the the writings would be and, and, you know, the rest of it. So. Jesus said, look, if you want to know about me, he, he revealed himself and said in Moses, the law and the prophets, that's where you find out about the Lord. The Apocrypha existed in, in its full form. It existed then. Okay. Now they've added some other books in the past. They've got these books they call, you know, Mary Magdalene supposedly wrote a book and all those things. It's all non-scriptural. So pay no attention to it. But, um, if those books had any scriptural significance or importance, the Lord would have included them. He would have said, it's Moses, the Law, and the Prophets, and the Apocrypha. 
The only thing he included was Moses, the law, and the prophets, and then his apostles in writing the New Testament. Why? How do we know that? Because he said, I will bring, the Holy Spirit will bring to your memory all things that I've taught you. He said that in the book of John. So when the Holy Spirit brought those things to memory for the disciples, then they wrote the New Testament. And, of course, he gave personal revelation to Paul when he visited Paul in visions, actually appearing to Paul uh, three different times, but appearing as a person to Paul. Uh, you know, there he was. At least twice he appeared to Paul, I think, I think three times, either way, in person once, total, I mean, solid, almost bodily, if you will. Um, and, and so he only gave credence to the Old Testament and then what his apostles would do in writing the New Testament. He totally left out the Apocrypha. And if the Apocrypha had been something that was scripture or that we were supposed to be paying attention to as believers, he would have most certainly spoken of it because it was in existence at that time. All right. Now, with that said, the book of Enoch is especially dangerous, I believe, because it seems to be the one, Mark, that a lot of people are running to to give it credence. It's being promoted by certain teachers today, and they're using some of the stories out of Enoch um, you know, to talk about angels that could be the mythical gods and then the council of the gods and all these things that are fanciful stories but have nothing to do with the Bible. And they've got believers getting into it and actually kind of building these scripture or building these doctrines that are based off of a false book that's not even in the Bible. And I would even, Greg, almost include in doctrines of demons. So I would say stay away from the Apocrypha. It is non-scriptural. There may be some historicity you could get out of it if you're just studying from a historical viewpoint. Um, I wouldn't look at it toward anything to do with Scripture. The Lord negated it. Uh, the early church negated it. And, and, and all I see in it, the things that I know of it, is heretical for the most part. So I would say stay away from it. I think the book of Enoch is full of heresy. And I think, again, I, I have some people that I know personally that I think have been misled by the book of Enoch. And even try to tell them, look, guys, you're, you're getting involved in something here that's not biblical. And um, that's always dangerous. Stick with the Bible. Stick with the Scripture. Um, I would rather get to heaven. And find out that some of the Apocrypha was real and go, oh, okay, I didn't know. I'd rather that than, than, than to get to heaven and, 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 and accept it all now. And the Lord say, why in the world did you accept the Apocrypha? I didn't give any credence. Yeah. I totally left it out on purpose. I didn't include it in the scripture and I'm God. And so you followed it and find out I was wrong and be in big trouble. In other words, if you stick with the word of God that we know has been validated by Jesus and by what he moved by spirit in the early church, if you do that, you're going to stay on safe ground. Yeah. Um, if you go outside of that, and again, we say, well, the Catholic Church accepted it. Yeah, but the problem is the Catholic Church does a lot of things that are heretical. And and this right here, again, it's easy to prove the Apocrypha is not the Word of God because it's easy to find the errors and mistakes and even heresy. And so that we know that is not the Word of God and should have nothing to do in the believer's life. Pastor Mark, in Revelation uh, chapter 22, there uh, verses 18 and 19, uh John says, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life. Uh, Now, John's talking about the revelation. Yeah, he's specifically referring to the book of revelation there. However, go on. Uh, So my question is, is is there? Yeah. (laughs) However, you know. Could we extrapolate this truth that John is speaking of, and by authority of God, John is saying this, even though we know in context he's talking about the book of Revelation? Yes. Can we extrapolate that to 
to apply to the entire Bible. Yes, there are two ways we would do that. When you look back in the uh, in the in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, we see that God warns about there will be these prophets. They're trying to add to the Word of God. He says, "Have nothing to do with them. You can't add to my word." He said, "They're false prophets." So it's even in the Old Testament. Okay. You can pull it out there. But but the principle, the main thing, Greg, is the principle. The principle's in place. Here's what God is saying. That's specifically talking about revelation. However, the principle is this. You don't mess with my word. Yeah. I said what I said. Don't change it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. You don't have that prerogative. I'm God. You're not. And if you do, I'm going to bring judgment on you for doing it. So I would not only say stay away from it in the sense of, hey, I, I think it's heretical and, and can lead people the wrong direction. I would say, look, for your eternal um, uh, state of security and, 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 and loss of reward or whatever the case might be, I would stay away from it because you're messing, especially if you think it's the word of God. Now I know, again, for Mark's sake, let me defend, let me defend Mark on air. Mark wasn't saying that that was. Uh, no, exactly. So Mark, we know yes. you weren't saying that was scripture and yeah. you weren't pretending, we know that. So when I'm speaking like as aggressively as I am, it's not against you. I'm speaking against the Apocrypha and making my point. That is, you know, your question was great and I'm glad you asked it so we can all kind of talk about it together. So, um, just to make that disclaimer there on his behalf, but, uh, the bottom line is, is that for anybody out there, and there are some people out there who look at it as scripture. And again, I think that even the Catholic church, the Roman Catholic church, they view that as, as scripture that's to be, you know, kind of venerated in the same mm-hmm. way the Bible is. That is a huge error and a huge mistake. And it's going to bring huge consequences for those who make that mistake. And I would imagine that plays a part in church apostasy as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, let's get into our articles for what remains of today's program. Uh, This is the smorgasbord for the Grinch. It's pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Yes. This is from uh, Breitbart.com. Senate rejects the Lee Amendment and passes the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act, which is anything but a respect for marriage. It is blasphemy to God. And let me read this, first of all. And I'm concerned on a number of levels, not just as a pastor, but for our nation. The same-sex marriage bill passed 61 to 36 with the help of 12 Senate Republicans who initially voted with Democrats to advance the bill. The legislation will now go back to the House for a vote as early as next Tuesday, where it was first passed over the summer with the help of 47 Republicans. Lee's amendment, which is different, was conservatives' greatest hope of showing up religious liberty protections in the bill and would have prohibited the federal government from punishing individuals, organizations, nonprofits, and other entities based on their sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions about marriage by prohibiting denial or revocation of tax-exempt status, licenses, contracts, benefits, etc. And I quote, who wouldn't want to deny the federal government the authority to retaliate against religious individuals and institutions in a way that is uh, categorically abusive, Lee queried before the vote. Um, here's the bottom line. He was trying to stop this from passing for this reason. This is horrible for a number of reasons. Number one, what it's saying is, that if the church, for example, or any um, institution that stands on the word of God says, look, we don't agree. The only thing we agree with is that there's male and female and, and man is to be married to a woman. And that's it, because that's what the Bible says. So if we make that stand, they're saying now the government, if this if this passes, can come and say, all right, if you're going to do that, we're stripping away all your freedoms, all your rights. We're going to tell you we're tax exempt. We may do other things. It may. It's, and, and Greg, it may lead to what they've been trying to do for years. And that is to try to force churches, et cetera, to hire people that are same sex couples and all that. But you can't do that. It goes against the word of God. It goes against conviction of heart and what the church stands for. But again, legally, that they put them in a place where they're getting closer to doing that. Now, that's the, that's one worry right there. That's kind of the least of the worries. I mean, it's, that's bad. But the church just has to make a stand and say, no, we can't do that. We love them, but we can't go along with their sin and we can't promote it. So we have to stand on God's word. So I'm sorry. Again, you know, bringing up Martin Luther again. 
you know, here I stand and I can stand no other place. You know, I, I can't change. I'm not going to bend. I can't move. So help me God. So that's part of it. But the other part here that also to me, this, if this passage passes, this furthers the down the road to judgment of America from God. Why? It's not just a political position. It's not just a slap in the face of religious institutions, which it is both of those. It is basically saying to God Almighty, our governing body of our nation. All right, God, your word says that it's a man and a woman, and that's it. But we say, uh uh-uh. We say it can be a man and a man, a woman and a woman, or whatever number of combinations and all the different gender pronouns that are used today. And so we're changing your word to our word, what you designed for man, we have redesigned because, God, you messed up. And so now we're going to do it this way. What blasphemy? Our, our Congress and Senate is blaspheming God Almighty. And you cannot blaspheme and shake your fist in God's face. God is gracious and merciful and very forgiving. We were talking about how merciful he is before the show started. But at some point, God says, enough. And he brings his judgment. And I, this is the kind of thing that just... To me, catapults us further down that line. You keep, you, I keep praying, God, send revival, bring our nation to repentance. All this does is catapult us further down the road into judgment. Into judgment, yeah. And I, I just, you know, I, you look at all these things, Greg. Like we're, we're rejecting any holiday that has to do with God or being thankful to God, and even Thanksgiving. You know, the attack that it comes under, or whatever. Um, you know, if we're not thankful to God, you know, and and for what God has done, you know, Thanksgiving becomes Spanksgiving. At some point, God has to take action. And he will bring judgment. And and this kind of stuff, I look at it and I go, you know, we live here, and we're going to be a part of the consequence. God doesn't judge us because we don't go along with it if we're believers, but we're a part of the consequence. And so this is something, be praying that this fails, you know, and God may this fail. Uh, because this is not good, just not just on the church level, but for our nation before God. We're saying to God, our word is above your word. That's a scary thing to say. Our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from Newsweek, where we see how TikTok is drawing young people into the occult. Yeah, TikTok is apparently, Greg, you know, I'm not in, involved really in the social media scene. I, I, I admit that to our listeners right now, but TikTok comes up so much. This must be, again, the one that's being used in one of the greatest ways right now in our young people. And they yeah. suck them in, and, and apparently they're really pushing now the occult in a big way. Listen to what it says. Witchcraft and spiritualism is often associated with dusty old books. Red, vel- red Velvet Drawing Rooms, and Harry Potter. I-, I added that last part. I'm kidding. And a general <laughs> sense of old-time curiosity. But thanks to social media, these practices have been given a new lease of life. In the age of uncertainty, loss, and economic turmoil, young people are increasingly turning to astrology and witchcraft. Now, this is interesting. They're turning to astrology and witchcraft for answers. I'm going to come back to that. And I quote, Modern technology has made it possible for people around the world to gain access to learning about mediumship and even practice it virtually. Megan Alyssa, an evidential psychic medium uh, with more than 234,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. I, say, I usually say TikTok, uh, MyFace, and Spacebook. Yeah, well, I meant so, to say that. Yes. Anyway, told Newsweek. <laughs> and it says, I goes on, I use my social media platform to teach about mediumship, the spirit world, and to help people tap into their own intuition, Alicia said. Alisa said. I also use technology to do all of my private readings via Zoom and do readings via TikTok, Live, Instagram. A live to help people show that mediumship is legitimate. Okay. First of all, is any of this legitimate? Yes, some of it is, but it's demonic. People say, is, is any of this stuff real, Mark? I'll say, yes, it's real, but it's real demonic. There's a real power there. That's why people get sucked into it. God said, stay away from it. It's demonic. But Greg here, the key, the key words I want to point out in this before we move on, astrology and witchcraft. 
that really jumped out to me because doing this study in, in, in Daniel right now and looking at all the ancient religions, that's what they were made up of. They were made up, and even in Jeremiah, we're doing on Wednesday night, God said, look, you're worshiping the stars and the sun and the moon. I'm going to lay your bones out in front of them. See if that helps mm. you. You're going, to be, you're going to be exposed to them and die. And Are they going to help you at that point? So astrology is basically the worship, worship of the stars and the moon and the sun. That's exactly what they were doing in ancient religions. It's the same spirit. It's connected to witchcraft. And now Satan is doing the same thing. He's done generation after generation. Thousands of years ago, pulling the new generation into astrology, worship of the stars, and attributing power to the Gemini universe, the signs, whatever, and then also witchcraft. It's the same old playbook to a new generation who doesn't know how Satan works, and they're being sucked in, and he's going after our kids, which is where Satan always goes. He tries to get the next generation, and TikTok's being used. So moms and dads, be aware of what your kids are doing. Know what they're on. Look at their apps. Look at their life. Get involved. This is my room. No. Did they pay for it? Let me ask. Did they pay for that room? Mom and dad, did they pay for their phone? Did they pay for their TikTok? Even if they paid for the phone, that doesn't matter. If they live under your roof, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And if they pull out, hey, this is my room and stuff. No, it's not. Show me where you paid for it. Let's see your receipt from the bank. I paid for it. It's my room. I'm letting you live there. If I want to come in your room and do whatever I want, I'll be in that room. I'll look at everything you have because I own it. I bought those clothes. I bought that bed. I bought your shoes. Everything. I bought it. So don't pull this stuff. Stay out of my stuff. Be a mom. Be a dad. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Satan's going after our kids, and you better wake up. Uh, MSN is reporting a crisis as excess, excess, can I say Excess. Excess. I'll say it for you. Thank you. Deaths soar to levels higher than during the COVID pandemic. Now, this is amazing, Greg. Actually, too, coming out of, of, of England, we're seeing things where they're actually having more deaths now. Uh, from the the shots that are being recorded than from COVID itself. And this is causing a big stir because it's kind of hard now not to have people to talk about it. The, the they tide, can't hide this The anymore. tide is turning here. We're seeing some real problems with the shot and some other things. Again, through October, it says there have been an average of 1,564 extra deaths per week. That's above the normal people that die. 1,564. There is no explanation because it started right when the whole shot program started. So they're going... Um, we have more people that just start dying as soon as the shot started, and we can't figure it out. And it's compared to a weekly average of only 315 before the shot started. So you went from 315 prior to that to now 1,564 per week extra after. And this is from the, listen, these are the latest figures from the Office for National Statistics. Showed that in the week ending October 21st, there were 1,714 excess deaths in England and Wales, of which only 469 were due to COVID. Uh, just 27% of the total. It is a 16.8% higher than normal increase. Deaths are also running higher than the five-year pre-COVID October average from 2015 to 2019. Look, here's the bottom line. It's now becoming evident that there are some problems that they didn't anticipate um, with this, the whole, uh, you know, the vaccination push that went worldwide. As a matter of fact, I just saw in the news on Fox, Greg, before we started, there, this RSV exploding around the nation. One of the warnings that the doctors gave, even when they started the whole shot program, was they said, if we do this all at the same time, you're going to have problems because it'll break down immunities. It'll break them down if you do it for everybody at the same time. I don't understand the science of it, but they said it'll break down immunities, and then you'll have people that just that normally wouldn't get sick getting sick more because their immunity system can't fight. Well, now we're seeing all these kids getting sick because they were locked in their homes. They couldn't get out and get all their germs on each other and build up immunities. You're also seeing the fact that because it was worldwide at the same time, which they say now was a mistake, 
um, that it, it, it's made the immunity down for the world as a whole. So you would expect to see greater illnesses, more hospital things, all this happening. It's all a result of the way we did it. So there's a lot of things we could talk about in that. But the reality is it's now becoming very evident the way this was done, even the products that were used were a big mistake. And I think it's, 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 it's time for people to just kind of say, Hey, look, we need to kind of put this all on hold and stop and have a conversation. And it's to the point now to where, again, the numbers, Greg, are becoming so lopsided that you can't hide it. Yeah. And so I think you're about to see some major conversations, a big change, and even stuff probably mentioned in the mainstream media before too long, because you can only hide this kind of, these kind of numbers for so long. It's really, it's really sad. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark. Uh, we, Probably only have time for one of our church articles today, because I know that, um, especially the last one, uh, you really wanted to spend some time on. Let's just do that. Okay. Uh, The Queen James Bible translated in a way that makes homophobic interpretations impossible. Yeah. I mean, even the name, Greg, is an insult to God. Uh, Let me just say this right off the bat. It's pretty clear what this is talking about, and I'll sum this up quick because of time, but look, this is not about um, um, not loving uh, the homosexual community or those that are involved in the same-sex community. Jesus died for them, and we love them, and we are to love them, but sin is still sin, and the Bible is very clear that it is a sin, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to take the Bible and rather than, and they're, they're, they're going off the, you know, the, the mockery of the King James and called the Queen James to try to show, and they're changing the, the Bible to make it sound like that somehow it's all okay in God's eyes. And it's interesting in the article, Greg, they even talk about the fact that, you know, we're not going to talk about what's in the Bible, but what's not in the Bible. We're reading between the lines for you. So they're admitting <laughs> it's not in the Bible and they're going to do it. And then they go and edit certain things like the King James, Jude 1 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh were judged. Again, the, the Queen James version. It says the same thing, uh, giving themselves over to fornication, going after non-human flesh. In Leviticus 18, thou shalt not lie with mankind, as with womankind. It's an abomination. And they say, they just add stuff to the Bible. This goes back to what you said, don't add. Yeah, exactly. They said, thou shalt not lie with mankind, as with woman, in the temple of Molech. (laughs) So they're saying, God, they're just adding that, saying you can do it otherwise, just not in the temple of Molech. Since there's no temples of Molech around, guys, go, go for it. Here's the bottom line. The Bible says in Leviticus 18 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as, as the, as you do with a woman, etc. The Bible is very clear on this and people try to make arguments and try to, you know, um, um, we talked earlier about how they try to say certain relationships. How about David and Jonathan in the Bible and they talk about Daniel and Ashpenaz and, yeah. and all that. And they forget Daniel and Ashpenaz were eunuchs. I mean, they couldn't have done anything at, you know, sexually anyway. Right. Uh, but they try to act like they somehow had a sexual relationship, which was impossible because eunuchs were castrated. So anyway, the point is, when you see these kind of things, it is blasphemy against God, but pay no attention to it. Just pray for them. Pray for God to, to, to reach their heart, reach their life. They're trying to basically, rather than be realizing that they've been made in God's image, they're trying to make God in their image, and it never works. And so um, I think the key here for us to know is these kind of things are going to keep happening. The Bible says in the last days there'll be apostasy, doctrines of demons, and that really, to me, was yeah. what a lot of today was about. Yeah. Doctrines, these are doctrines of demons. So pay no attention to doctrines of demons. Stay with the scripture. Continue to love everyone. Again, I want to emphasize that. I don't care what sin they're involved in. We are to love them. But at the same time, if we truly love them, we'll be honest enough to tell them what you're doing is going to keep you from heaven. And you need to repent. And if you don't repent, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And so, yes, you see stuff like this, and it creates kind of a visceral response of anger that they would mock God in this way. But at the same time, don't forget, you know, they're blind. Some know what they're doing. Some don't know what they're doing. Um, we just need to, again, continue to stand with the Word of God, share the Word of God, teach the Word of God, lead them to Jesus Christ, that they have hope, and then let God sort out the details. Yeah, because we don't know how long we've got. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, normal isn't coming back, we like to say, but that's Jesus right. is. That's right. That's great. That's so great. Yeah. That's we, need really to good. Be, we need to be ready. So we don't do. be afraid to share your faith, share your relationship, share how Jesus Christ transformed your life. Amen. Uh, anyway, uh, the WayMedia.net or the WayMedia app is a great way to stay up to date on Signs of the Times as well as other content that we provide 24-7. But if you're just interested in our program, you can go to the signs.org. It's kind of a shortcut to our prophecy page. Until next Friday at 1.30, we hope you have a great weekend. Be in church, loving the Lord. And we'll see you back here for more Signs of the Times. Follow.